Welcome to the All-American Chelsea Podcast. You absolutely knew I had to start podcast with this song. Great show for you today lined up. We got an interview with my homie Josh. He's coming on the podcast. We talk about the World Cup. We talk about the final. I think you're going to enjoy it. Chelsea podcast coming at you. Sit down, relax. You're gonna be hanging out with your boys, talking football. All right, all right, let's get into the show. So what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the All-American Chelsea Podcast. I am your host, Christian. And this has been a, a kind of, it's a, it's kind of a sad times and exciting, exciting times at the same time. It's like bittersweet. The sad part is we had the World Cup come to an end. Man, this has been one great, great, great World Cup in off the top of my head, I think this has been, for me, one of the best World Cup that I can remember in recent memory. Um, I've truly enjoyed all the drama, every single game. It always felt like, every game always felt like a big game. It always felt like there was something extra on the line. I don't know why. I, I honestly don't know why. I mean, even the teams, well, there it is. If you hear that, I'm recording uh, this portion of the podcast, it's started raining, so you're gonna hear thunder in the light in in the background a little bit, but uh, but even the teams that you know, quite honestly, they knew everybody knew they had no business even dreaming about them winning the World Cup. They came out there strong and played hard. So I don't know. I I truly enjoyed this World Cup. Uh, but the. You know, the exciting thing is, uh, at least in the Chelsea world, we have the appointment of Maurizio Sarri. We have Jorginho. That was huge. Absolute massive signing uh, for us. 
And, you know, doing the math now, that's five different players that have turned down, you know, the the opportunity to play with the world's greatest coach. I'm using air quotes here. Quote, unquote, the world's greatest manager in Pep Guardiola. Uh, Virgil van Dyke, Alexis Sanchez, Fred, Danny Alves, and now Jorginho. So that was, um, you know, that's awesome. And also we have, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. So also we have uh, the massive news that Ronaldo, uh, you know, I guess that lightning... You know what? That's what I get for probably talking shit about Pep Guardiola. As soon as I finish talking shit about him, massive lightning strike. I don't know if that's a sign or whatnot or uh, or laughter. Who knows? But fuck it. Uh, massive news also. We have Cristiano Ronaldo making his way from Real Madrid to Juventus. Um... After, what, nine years and 10,000 goals, a million goals, 500 different trophies he won with Real Madrid. He finally um, closes that chapter of his book, uh, which, you know, it was kind of it was kind of like for me personally, it was like, damn, I, I knew one day it would happen. But I didn't, you know, it was like, when will he move on from Real Madrid? And it was like actually seeing it happen kind of like you know like kind of weird like it's gonna be weird gonna be adjustment period of not seeing cristiano ronaldo oh there we go i gotta you know what i I gotta cut all the chitter chatter out and get straight into the podcast into the interview with with the homie josh banks but um it's gonna be weird it's gonna be weird to finish the thought it's gonna be weird seeing not seeing ronaldo run up and down the sidelines are up and down the pitch for for Real Madrid, uh, which leads me into the next thing. Uh, Eden Hazard potentially replacing him at Real Madrid. And that has me absolutely terrified and scared. I do not want Eden Hazard leaving us at this point to go to Real Madrid. I'm hoping, keeping all my fingers crossed, that he likes what he sees that's going on now at, you know, Cobham and Stanford Bridge with Chelsea. Uh, you know, the prospects of finally playing, attacking football, uh, bringing in the players that were, well, there's the phone. Got to know better. Vibrate, mute. That won't happen again. You know, finally, the prospects of playing attacking football in his career because the dude's been hard done he's had five different managers in his six years at Chelsea so I'm looking forward to him getting into sorry system uh with all the new acquisitions we're about to make and Josh and I go over that and touch touch on that so not to delay any further uh this is going to be the interview with josh um let me cut it before uh, lightning strike blows up my computer so this is the interview with josh um we got a lot of i i've been reaching out to a bunch of people via twitter and i have exciting exciting interviews coming up i know for a fact you guys are going to enjoy um and this is one is the first of many and i hope you enjoy it i know you enjoy it just kick back, relax, and hang out with your boys talking Chelsea football, all right? Uh, 
Here's the interview with Josh. Later, people. All right, so welcome to the All American Chelsea podcast. I'm interviewing my boy Josh, Josh Banks, the the internationally known on the microphone, the international player, Josh Banks. What's up, homie? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. How are you, Christian? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So, Josh, I um, I the first time, Josh. So the first time I I uh I saw you, I remember on um one of Nini's uh subscriber. Uh, calling shows in for anybody that doesn't know, I can't imagine that anybody listening to my show does not know about Nini FC's YouTube channel. And if you don't know about Nini FC's YouTube channel, I highly, highly, highly recommend that you guys check it out. I can't stand by the man's uh, channel enough. Um, definitely the only guy that I trust when it comes to breaking news down. Um, when it comes to uh, Chelsea. As far as what well, Josh, do you think like I haven't seen anybody else on YouTube that has a better channel like news wise? I mean, there's other channels, and I'm so sure that you support that I support when it comes to uh, Chelsea football. But Nini's channel, I feel like, is definitely a little bit above. Um, yeah, Nini's channel is really um, it's amazing uh, to see the progression as well that he's made because I've been around on Nini's channel for about probably a good two years now. Like, I was there almost since he started, um, and to see the way he's progressed and the um, the way he's, like, s- starting to explain things, it's just, it's really, really impressive, and everyone on the, listening to this, if you haven't, you definitely need to check it out, and uh, because he'll really help break everything that's coming out uh, in terms of Chelsea news, he'll break it down really well for you. Yeah, absolutely, so... The first time I saw Josh, it was on one of his shows, and I'm like, all right, oh, shit, look at my brother, my American brother, killing it on NeNe's call-in show. So that was the first time I saw you, and I, I and I think I, I remember, wasn't, I'm not sure if I called after you, and, like, I'm like, ah, shit, like, this dude knows way more about football um, than, uh-huh. I, than I do. So I was like, ah, I felt nervous. But, um, but nah, man, we, we linked up on, uh, on Twitter, and uh, and I feel like Josh is like my little brother, man. I feel like this is uh, my homie that we've known each other for years. So, Josh, so I I, I guess tell the tell the podcasting um community, tell you know tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, uh, so they can get to know you a little bit better. Well, let's see. I'm Josh. Um, I'm a Chelsea fan because my my dad grew up in London, and when I was born. My first set of clothes was a Chelsea set of pajamas, so he basically forced it on me from a young age. Um, and I've just been obsessed with the club. It's kind of like, it, in my family, it goes uh, Chelsea family friends, and that's those are like the three essential components to life. Maybe education as well, but <laughs> you got you got to include that. But those are the essential components to life. Yeah, no, I, and I don't even feel like your dad did it. He didn't force it on you. He gifted you. He blessed you with oh, uh, no. with the gift yeah, of yeah. Chelsea. No, he blessed me as well because a year after I was born, Roman brought, bought the club. So like during my lifetime, I've only ever seen Chelsea um, prosper. I've never seen us in the second division like he had to. So it's it's really, really uh, we're fortunate because that that's what we are um, yeah. to see. I mean. I guess last season it wasn't beautiful football, but seeing teams like 
0910 when I was like six years old, I saw Carlo Ancelotti's Chelsea rip everyone to shreds, and it's like those are. I I will forever cherish some of those early memories. I'll cherish going up to Old Trafford and beating beating United at Old Trafford to almost confirm the league, and that's that's the kind. So so kind of you've been actually to Old Trafford. Wow, like like what is that like? Describe that to me. Like did you like. Like as somebody, I mean, you and I have talked on, on on Twitter about um, you know, making me making my pilgrimage, going home to Stamford Bridge, um, and what you know, I I've shared with you what that would you know what that means to me, um, when I first lay eyes on the pitch and all of that, but I've always wanted like, you know, not because I'm a supporter, but you know, just to go, I would love to go whether Chelsea's playing or not, just to go love to go to the different uh, different stadiums, um around around the world you know it's definitely yeah you know uh, uh old trafford is one of them so like what was that like uh well, well for me it was crazy because i went to the game where it was kind of a must win for us in order to win the league so i was about let's see i think i was six or seven at the time it was oh nine ten season under carlo and it was one of my first few away games, because obviously I'm a six, like six, seven year old, so my dad's not gonna really take me to a away game before that because it's too dangerous. But um, it, it's crazy, like the atmosphere at away games is just like I'm, it's incredible, really. Um, at, like we out, we outsung at like three thousand Chelsea fans in the corner, outsung uh, seventy two thousand home fans. Oh, it's amazing. And it, it, it's like, it, it was really just an amazing experience. And um, when Drogba got put through, I think Cole slipped, Joe Cole slipped him through. And then Drogba made it 2, no, yeah, made it 2-0 and basically confirmed the game over. I remember just like jumping up and down like crazy and like falling over a row and like scuff, <laughs> scuffing myself, but... No, it's 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 amazing going to away games. I I haven't been on a European away game yet. That's that's the thing that I still need to do. And people tell me that those are crazy, but in terms of going away in the league or away domestically, I've I've done I've done Old Trafford. I've done White Hart Lane. Oh God, I'm sorry to hear about that. That must no, have been, I know. that must have been a dump. No, it it was a dump, um, <laughs> but it was a dump. But we still won, so it was worth it. Hell yeah. Um, uh, what else? I've done Leicester away. The King I've Power done, Stadium. Yeah, I've done uh, Everton away. How is um, how is Everton's place? Like every time I see it on TV, it always bothers me when we play at Everton because I feel like the cameras are like literally on top of the overhang and yeah. like the camera angle is so weird there. So I always feel like if I would go to uh to Everton, like I would feel like like because I'm so used to that perspective from the camera, I feel like I'd be sitting like like almost uh you know vertically up and down. Like so how was it there? Ever Everton is like the definition of a classic English ground. It's like there's the paddock, and then there's the lower tier and the upper tier. And I sat in the upper tier. So uh, my view of the pitch was really good, but they still have those structural poles because it's an old ground. But oh, yeah. I wasn't 
I was like minorly obstructed. I wasn't obstructed at all because no, no matter where you sit in the away, you're gonna be minorly obstructed. But like I wasn't obstructed that badly at all. Um, it was just I actually went. That was my Everton away was my first away game. I I think it was oh six oh seven was my first away game. I was like four or five because my dad can't couldn't take me to a big like United top six away game because it's too dangerous because of the hostility. But Ever- Everton is not going to be dangerous, so he took me to that one. I think I was like five years old or something. And that was um, it's one of my f- like first, first memories. And Christian, I don't know if you've seen this, but have you seen the Drogba goal where he scores from like 40 yards out against Everton? Hmm. I, I maybe have seen it in like one of the compilations. So like I started, yeah. I started following supporting Chelsea. Um, see, like the way that it, like I always say, the way that I got into soccer was just you know, just like now, uh, the World Cup. So my 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 family's Dominican. Long this is mm-hmm. a super long story short. So my family's Dominican. So obviously, we have no footballing history whatsoever. So one of my uncles, when he was in university, he traveled to Brazil. So naturally, it was when he he came back from Brazil, or right around the time of the World Cup, when I was like a little kid. We're talking like in the eighties. And so, naturally, he was started supporting Brazil. And so, that just started going with me. So, I was always a supporter of Brazil. And then, my second team was always the United States. So, during the World Cup, I'm, I'm always keeping up with the World Cup. But when there wasn't a World Cup on, I literally, I was one of the people that didn't know that there was such thing as, like, club teams whatsoever. I had no idea. And so um, I'm a kid. I'm playing American football. I'm playing all the American sports. And then um, my final year in high school, it was another World Cup. And I started – that was Brazil won again. So that was in 02. If I'm not mistaken, Brazil won in 02, correct? Yeah, Brazil Brazil won in 02. Rivaldo and Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Yeah, that was, the, that was the toenail. The toenail hill credit. So uh, Brazil – I said, you know – I was supporting Brazil in that one, and I really paid attention to that one. Then the next year was Italy. So during that time, I started playing FIFA, and FIFA 10 comes out, and that was just after the World Cup. And yeah, that was FIFA 10 had come out, and that was the infamous Lampard hits the post against Germany, and it goes in, and they don't count oh, it as I, goal. Uh, don't bring that up. Yeah. Please. <laughs> so, it's bad. It's bad memory. <laughs> so I rem- I distinctively remember on the cover of Vanity Fair or one of those co- magazines Cosmo Cos- one of those magazines there was a picture of Ronaldo and then a black guy next to him I'm like well I know Ronaldo who's this other guy so <clears throat> I remember um looking up Didier Drogba and then Ivory Coast is in the World Cup and I'm like oh okay and then the I was watching the England Germany game and Lampard with the whole Lampard thing and I see Joe Cole on the team Ashley Cole Terry yeah. and then FIFA comes out so I'm playing more FIFA and I'm horrible at this time in FIFA so I'm like I guess the easy way to do this is pick the best team in the game I naturally I find Chelsea Chelsea was rated like in the 90s so mm-hmm. my favorite color is blue 
I find Chelsea, and then I start seeing all these names that I remember from the World Cup. So I'm like, oh, Jesus, okay, so here we go. So from that point on, I started supporting Chelsea um, and watching the games during the week. So I came I came into Chelsea like a, just around 2010, but yeah. like everything, um, my ADD kicks in, and I just go overboard. So <laughs> it was just uh, 2010 happens, then obviously – the 11 and 12 season is when we win the Champions League. So that right yeah. there, like, that that was it. That sealed it um, for me. Like, I, I started supporting Chelsea. Everything was Chelsea. And then it just so happened, and my family and friends started noticing it, um, my interest in American football kind of waned. And my interest in soccer or football and my love for Chelsea started growing more and more and more. Um, and to the point now, I live, what, 10 minutes away? As a kid, I would go to about six Dolphin games a year. Yeah. And now, I live 10, minute, 10, 15 minutes away from the stadium. I may go once a year. I mean, it doesn't help that the Dolphins have been trash mm-hmm. <laughs> for a long yeah, time. Yeah, you, you, can, you can thank the Patriots for that. <laughs> oh, Jesus, don't even get me started with the Patriots. Don't mm. and you're a Boston guy, so don't yeah. get me started with the Patriots. So, but don't don't let's not bring the mood of the podcast. Nah, down, nah, nah, man. Let's keep it positive. So, so at the time of this recording, this uh, the final of the World Cup was today. So, Josh, talk to me. The World Cup. What do you think? Well, the World Cup final, like, like last time this happened, I. Last time there was a World Cup final, I was going in the sixth grade. Like, it's, like, before today, and it's, like, now I'm going into sophomore year of high school, and it's, it's like, Jesus Christ. Like, four years, like, flies. Jeez. Like, Josh, please, let's not, let's not go yeah, that yeah. route, because you were born in, what, 2002, if my math is correct? Yeah. yeah I yeah. was graduating high school. <laughs> in 2002, when you were learning how to walk, was what? Wait, no, you were preschool age. I w- yeah. I had it was oh five oh five. I had yeah. oh my god. I was learning. I had bought my first BMW. Oh my god. Uh, oh my god. So talk to me. Talk to me. So man, yeah. Like I, I I know we've been talking like this World Cup first before we get into the final. Has been absolutely amazing. I I can't remember. I mean, I'll be the first one to say I don't remember intricacies and plays and passes of all the World Cups my entire life. But in recent memory, this this tournament has to be up there as one of the best. One of the best. What do you think? Well, for me, South Africa will always be special because that was my like first real world cup because i i remember i wasn't alive for oh two i remember oh six vaguely um i remember i remember watching the final with the zidane headbutt but for me like in terms of um like amount of goals like at least this final this final is probably the best final in history i'd say like six six goals in a final like yeah. We, the football gods blessed us today. Yeah. Um, I would have loved it had Croatia 
somehow found two more goals in like the last 20 minutes. But, you know, France, however much I hate them because of their style, they won. And they won playing defensively and um, fair play, I guess. Because, you know, it. at the end of the day, it, you have to know what you're doing to win the World Cup. And Deschamps, even though he plays defensively, he knows what he's doing. So... I guess I have to, unfortunately, I have to give him a bit of credit. Um, but this World Cup in terms of, uh, is kind of really amazing in terms of upsets. There's usually about, like, I don't know, one dark horse or so, um, maybe, like, maybe one or two. But, like, in this World Cup, one of the semifinals, um, England was playing in a semifinal. And, like, I'm English. I, I don't sound English, but I'm dual citizenship. Um, I've been supporting England for my entire life. Um, and it's like, before the tournament, I was thinking, oh, it's typical England. We probably won't even make, probably find a way to fuck it up and we won't even get out of the group. And like, you know, we like made, we made it to a semifinal. Like, that team has no right to be in a semifinal. Oh, well, World no, Cup. That's a little bit harsh. I mean, what, no. Was it the best English team recently? No. But, I mean, you got to take it game by game, tournament by tournament. And I think, I think, I mean, if you ask me, Jordan Pickford played out of his mind. Yeah, Jordan Pickford was amazing. Um, I was a bit disappointed with Southgate with. The use of Loftus Cheek. Um, yeah. I felt that Southgate, although Southgate has gotten rid of the um, English, like we English, the English can take penalties now, which is a, a, a positive step. Um, the and we've gotten um, we ha- we deal with the pressure a lot better now. As well, and he picked a. I'll give him credit with the fact that he picked a group of players that play really well together. That's true. And and he picked that team because he knew it would give us the best chance of winning. And the fact of the matter is, is the last time we finished fourth was Italy, nineteen ninety. So it's like it's it's a step in the positive direction. Now, in terms of England, if England want to be serious about twenty twenty two. They really, really need the FA need to put serious, serious pressure on Premier League clubs like Chelsea, like United, like City. Uh, those are like for people like Angel Gomez from United, Phil Foden from City. You know, we have Jaden Sancho who's at Dortmund right now. We have Mount and Hudson Odoi for Chelsea. We have Loftus Cheek who by that time will be like 26 ish and will be really. By that time, hopefully, if not world-class, a very good player. He should be you know? as good as he possibly can be and or, or still ascending. But he's got to be – he's got to be – you know, if he's a, if he's a V8, he's got to be firing at least on all cylinders by then and, 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 looking, and looking to get better. But, you know, I'm with you, man. He, he cannot – I'm with you with Southgate on this. I feel like Southgate, and, and let's take out the fact, and I, I'm sure you you would you would agree. Let's take out the fact that Ruben was 
is a Chelsea player. Um, the way that Deli Ali was playing in what was they they yeah against Croatia, where he could he he was tired. The man was gassed, and for you to have for you to have a player that can fit into the midfield, and you're not gonna make a like for like substitution for Ruben, it was was criminal. It was absolutely criminal. Not only was it criminal, but I felt it was criminal to start Deli Ali. You look at Deli Ali's season for Spurs, nothing that special. Graham Sunis would disagree, but that's because he's an idiot. But um, anyway, if you look at Loftus Cheek, Loftus Cheek, if you watch Palace, I watched a fair bit of Palace this year. I watched Spurs a fair bit as well because I wanted them to lose every game, obviously. <laughs> um, but. You know, with Loftus-Cheek, Palace's team, not their midfield, their entire team, ran on Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Loftus-Cheek linked everything together. Loftus-Cheek was the linchpin that Palace needed. He stringed the passes. He was creative. He didn't dwell on the ball. He got the, he got the ball. Pass, move, pass, move. Now this, Deli Alley gets the ball. When Deli Alley gets the ball... He's doing something that you're taught not to do at a young age, which is he's A, dwelling on the ball, and B, he doesn't have an idea of what he's going to do with it before he gets the ball. You think? It, it's I think it's apparent because I can't really think of any other explanation for the amount of times that he's losing the ball as well. And he's also not good at reading the game at all. He, Deli Ali is not a very good player. He's just very good at making late man runs. That's why he had that season where he got like 18 goals for Spurs. If you look at all of his goals, there are a lot of them are late man runs to the back post where Kyle Walker would find him. I I do remember a fair bit of um, amount of goals behind you know at, right next to the post. Yep. I do remember. I do remember. Yeah. Uh, I like, and then. Um, with in terms of England, if these players are developed correctly, I'm not kidding when I'm saying England are a possible favorite for 2022. And if these guys develop even quicker, we could see England not only be kind of favored for Euro 2020, Euro 2020, but they could also make a serious, serious challenge to win that competition. And it would be be great as well because they're having the final at Wembley. So if England gets to the final, it's a home field final. That's 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 incentive right there. But yeah. I mean, having said, I, I mean, you're saying all of that after we just watched France, one of the I think yeah. they're the second youngest team in the tournament, win. So yeah. you would imagine that a majority of this team is will be together uh, for the Euros. Um, but I, I, yeah. I kind of do agree with you that – not kind of. I do agree with you that there is a ton of talent on this England, on this England team. Now, I, I do feel that I, um, that I have – even though I'm not English, I do feel like because my support of Chelsea and the amount uh, – and the few Chelsea players that are on the England team and my familiarity with the English team, I feel like I do support them, but – it's just I couldn't give them – I couldn't 100% back the English team before the sheer amount of Spurs player on the, players on the team. 
Yeah. I, I couldn't. Like, when, when Harry Kane scored, when it, yeah, the opening game, when he scored that late, the what was it, the late header to the 2-1 yeah. victory. And I was I was happy that they scored, but I couldn't lose my shit because that's like at the end of the day I'm like I can't I can't go crazy for Harry Kane now. Like Yeah. When it when it comes like I kind of feel the same way, but when it comes to England, I totally when I'm watching an England match, I totally put the fact that I'm a Chelsea fan in the back of my mind. Because I think this idea of not club before selling, country. Yeah, not yeah. sell yeah, club before country I think is really stupid because at the end of the day, if you're English and you're not in you're let's say I don't know, say you're a Chelsea fan and Kane scores, you don't celebrate. I mean, come on, like so Kane Kane scored for your country. Like, yeah. It at the end of the day, um it's it's huge like pride really like yeah absolutely. those those players are representing um 55 million people you know absolutely. and if you're english like you, regardless of who you support you have to put that thought in the back of your brain and just get on with supporting england and then as soon as the game is over oh look chelsea have signed Jorginho, city furious you know <laughs> And well, then, and then you go and you're super happy, and you go on City's Instagram, but you remember you got blocked a few years ago. So then you go on their Twitter and make fun of them there. And <laughs> you seem like you're speaking from a little bit of experience there. No, I I've gotten I am blocked. Let's see, I am blocked from Spurs' Instagram, City's, and Liverpool's. Look at you! Look at you going in there and. Causing all kinds of ruckus and shit. Oh yeah. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, I know why I got blocked from City's Instagram. Remember when Ben Watson scored the header in the FA Cup final? Ben Watson. Ben Watson. Ben hmm. Watson. Like City lost the FA Cup final. Anyway, City lost the FA Cup final against Wigan. Um. Oh yeah, act- that's right. That's right. That was the year that uh, Roberto Martinez won it. No. Yeah. Exactly. Those, that was like the early days of Instagram or something. So I went on City's Instagram and I commented, you just lost to the English Squidward and, or something like that. <laughs> and, and then like some City fans lost their shit and then I got in a huge argument with them and then kind of got blocked from there. Then Spurs' Instagram, I don't really like – Spurs' Instagram, I just commented a bunch of hate comments, which is what I should be expected to do. And then Liverpool, I think I – just, I don't know, I think Liverpool, what was it? Oh, it was the, we beat them in, like, the League Cup or something in, like, the last minute, and then I started singing, like, how Scousers are poor or something, and I put that on Instagram. Oh, my God, oh, my God. Josh causing havoc. That's why, he, yeah. people, that's why he's internationally known. That is, that right there is why he's internationally known. So, well, I, I mean, going back to the to the final, um, as Chelsea supporters, how can we miss that uh, our boys were in this final with Bolo yeah. Conte and Olivier Giroud, who, um, man, even though he didn't score in this tournament, I, I, I don't think, I mean, I think honestly, if anything else, if you had any doubts who Olivier Giroud is, I think this tournament, um, 
And I don't mean this in a negative way whatsoever. I think this tournament was a perfect example of everything you need to know about Olivier Giroud. Yes, he's supposed to score. Yes, he's the striker. But God damn it, did this man did not run his ass off and do everything in his power yeah. to, to score and just to be just to contribute to his team. And and you know, I'm a firm believer of the hidden stats or the stats that are not actually recorded. Um mm-hmm. And I think that, it, like, Olivier Giroud did everything, everything in his power to put up stats that are not accounted for. Like, uh, what was it? The uh, the Belgium game. There was a play where this man was almost in front of his goal and not on a, a, on a free kick or on a set piece or on a corner or anything like that. It was just in play where he went all the way back damn near to the flag and he was diving in to block to block a cross and this this dude was a striker and he's doing that for the team so i i feel like i couldn't be more proud of the fact that he uh is a chelsea player um after this tournament you know because go, going into the season i'm not sure i mean go, when, once we, he was transferred to us I, I it was at the point of the season where we definitely needed help and I was happy to get proven help, but I wasn't, you know, at the end of the day, how do you, how do you, he's an Arsenal player, you know? Yeah. And we had seen him and what he, he was at Arsenal, but it was exactly that. What I was seeing was just the games that he played against us, um, and I wasn't seeing what the other things that he brings to the table that are don't show up in the in the stats. And that's just his hustle, his drive, his determination, his will, his, 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 you know, like his warrior attitude about just doing everything possible to get a victory. Um, I, I don't know, like, did you see this? What did you see from Olivier Giroud? Uh, Giroud, for me, embodied the phrase, like, like, it's kind of generic, but like, the shirt you pull on is... That's the shirt of your country. And Giroud worked his ass off for the French people. And Giroud wanted France to win more than anything. He's not the most skillful player. He's not the player who's the best at finishing. But he did everything in his power to ensure that France won the World Cup. That's what he did. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, I mean... I know we went, uh, I know especially I did, I, I confessed and poured my heart out for Olivier Giroud, um, and I know when I say this next name, there should be, you know, the same rant, but N'Golo Kante, like, I don't have any, yeah. I, there's no words for him, what more, I, I like, I can't say anything other than he makes me happy, that's it, like, it, when N'Golo yeah. Conte is happy, I'm happy. Like, like, and that's it. Like, I don't know what else to say about him. Like, what more? Josh, help me out. Like, what more is there to say about him? Well, no one's... I, I haven't heard anyone say this, at least in the media. Like, everyone's praising him for, I don't know, the, his ability to close the ball down. And obviously, I think N'Golo Conte, in terms of reading the game being 
three seconds ahead of everyone else. And I think and this is a bold statement, but I think he's the best in the world at it. I um I don't think it's a bold statement, my dude. I, yeah. I don't I I have no problems with saying that he's the best in the world in the midfield. If you ask me, if you ask me in in on this podcast, people are going to know that my familiarity with American football and basketball, I like to find parallel lines between other sports and 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 soccer and football. So, Angolo Conte is would be amazing as a free safety in the NFL in American football. I think the way he reads the games, the way he's able to win back the ball to to like in my opinion, the the role of the midfield is to be the link between the defense and the offense. Now we can get into um you know, into the details of every position on the field and every portion of the game when it comes to position by position. But in a rudimentary, grand scheme, overarching, um, overarching, big vision of the game, the midfield is the middle of the field that connects the defense to the offense. And if you look at it like that, I don't think there's anybody in the world that's better at connecting those two than N'Golo Conte. If the offense is attacking, he takes away the ball. And then he takes the ball and he gives it to the offense. What more do you want? Like, that's what he does. Nobody's better. Yeah. Um, I, I've seen the other day on Twitter or something, people are trying to argue Casemiro's better. Conte is light years the best defensive midfielder in the world. Um, I'm excited to see what Jorginho does next to him because Jorginho basically is licensed to roam forward because Conte can do the work of two players. Like, I I was... When Conte dies, I seriously would like him to donate his body to medical science because (laughs) something tells me he has three lungs. Like... I'm dead serious. He has three lungs. Well, you know, um, and this is a perfect segue into Chelsea football uh, after the World Cup. And uh, I mean, you know what? Let's leave the World Cup, uh, you know, topic right here. Um, yeah. After the game, we had the awards handed out. It was the Golden Gloves went to Thibaut Courtois, a Chelsea boy. Um, that was for me. There was no debate about that. I think it was him first. Uh, if you ask me, it was him first. Pickford and Loris. Yeah. You can put Loris and Pickford in whatever order you want. I'm fine with that. Um, but Tebow was definitely the best keeper in the world. You had the Golden Boot go to Harry Kane. That's you know, there's no debate about that. It is what it is. You put more gold. The most gold yeah. wins the award. That's not up for debate. There's no, there's no questioning that. And then finally. The oh well, the other award was best young player Mbappe. I mean, <laughs> yeah. If there the was guy. ever a case closed for an award, that would be it, right? Yep, that's confirmed. <laughs> and then finally, the golden ball. Before they gave out the award, before the game, I think the person who deserved it, who earned it, was 
our man, Eden Hazard. I think that was, there wasn't a debate. In my mind, there wasn't a debate. So when I saw them handing that trophy to Luka Modric, I almost, and I kid you not, no exaggeration, booked a flight to Russia there and then to rip that trophy out of his hands and then take it to Belgium to give it to Eden Hazard. And I'm not exaggerating about that. You got to believe me, people. I think it's an absolute travesty that Eden Hazard did not win that trophy. What do you think, Josh? Um, Modric played well the entire World Cup. But Eden Hazard is always a player who never actually gets the attention he deserves in the media. Because that's the fact. The fact of the matter is, a lot of the analysts who are looking at these games are just saying, ooh, good skill here, good pass. They don't look at what he's doing off the ball. They don't look at what his key, key passes are when he's on the ball. They just, just phases them. To us fanatics of Chelsea, we, like, wouldn't surprise me if some Chelsea fans out there today know, like, his exact location, what car he drives, you know, kind of getting to a stalkerish level at this point. But Eden Hazard without a doubt, deserved this um, golden ball. But it's almost kind of FIFA saying, you know, Chelsea, we know that you want to keep Hazard. So if we give this to Modric and Mbappe gets the golden ball and and they're linked to Neymar as well, Real Madrid are going to be set for them. And like, I'm obviously very upset for Eden. He didn't get the award, but Real and Perez are going to be thinking Mbappe, you know? Mbappe Mbappe is going to be, he's 19. Mbappe is going to be not even at this level, but five times higher than this in just a few years. Mbappe is playing like he's a 25-year-old right now. Yeah. And if you're thinking about this, even Mbappe's level he's at right now, he's like elite level world class. At 19. At Exactly, at 19 years old. Yeah. If I am Real Madrid, not only can I put him on every single flag poster in the city, he's going to be all over the world. He scored in the World Cup final with half of the world watching him. The amount of money that Real Madrid are making from this guy is going to be ridiculous. And then the numbers he's putting up for them, you know, they might win their fourth Champions League in a row. And I hope they don't, but they might with this guy. You know, he's he's so, so, so special. Things he can do with the ball and his pace, Jesus Christ. It's like a Lamborghini engine combined with a Ferrari. It's like God damn, Josh. <laughs> like holy shit, his pace, his pace, like, like we've we've seen in the uh, Argentina France game, his run, dear lord, that like, was a man's run. It's that filthy. was a man's run. It's filthy. Yeah. Like the pace, the control, the skill. He's looking up the entire time he does this, and the guy is moving at like twenty five miles an hour. Yep. Like. Full control of the ball, looking up, fully aware of his surroundings. 
And, like, I... I've gone and, like, I've watched a lot of him. I watched a lot of him at Monaco, and I was thinking, damn, Chelsea, like, this Chelsea, I want you to sign him, but more importantly, this guy is going to be special wherever he goes. And, like, he he's going to be the best player in the world. He'll be the best player in the world and like, Four or five years when Hazard and Neymar peter out. But but even then, look, it doesn't it doesn't yeah. even matter. Let's say it takes him eight years to get there. He'll only be what twenty like twenty yeah, seven. <laughs> even if it takes him ten years to get there, he'll be twenty nine, thirty. Like it, somebody, the the next person that can challenge him in that is not even. Is a teenager. He's not even a teenager now, so like, he's got, he's got all the time in the world. I mean, and and and, and if there is a silver lining in this whole hazard not getting, uh, the golden ball award, it's that that it kind of does take, a little bit of the heat off of him, or but a little bit of the uh, allure, the attraction, to yeah. the hottest name that he didn't get it. But I just want to leave people with uh, – I want to leave the listeners with this little stat that you can run to all your La Liga friends because if you look at the awards and who should have won all these awards, they would have all been Premier League players. But for anybody who thinks that Modric should have won this trophy and he earned this trophy, I want you to look up all of uh, Modric's ratings. During this during this campaign during the World Cup, and I want you to note I want you to compare him to Eden Hazard. Okay, I don't have Modric's numbers in front of me, but I do have Eden Hazard's numbers. His worst performance was an 8.7. The next best one was an 8.9. Oh, no, I'm sorry, an 8.7, an 8.8, 8.9, uh, another 8.7, 9.4, 9.0, 9.3. Out of seven games that he played. If this is correct, the man had one, two, three, four, five, six man of the match performance. Now you could take those numbers and take Luka Modric's golden ball, turn it sideways, and stick it straight up your ass if you think it <laughs> deserves that golden ball. Okay, so that's all I gotta say about that. So finally, let's transition over to Chelsea, dude. Let me tell you something. I was on I, I I was on red, okay? Red. I was redlining um with this whole Conte sorry managerial search um <clears throat> situation that they were in, the, the the debacle that we were in. Um if for the listeners that, that just to put it into context for all the listeners. So last summer um, Chelsea was supposed to sign. Oh, well, last summer we were just coming off of a champion. Uh, we were just we're just champions of the league of the Premier League, and it was a key summer where we needed signings so we can improve the squad so we wouldn't repeat the our same mistakes from the 15 and 16 summer with under Jose Mourinho. So one would assume that we would have signed 
the necessary players to strengthen our squad so we can possibly repeat as champions and to go into the Champions League with a, a stronger squad, a bigger squad um, needed for the amount of games we're about to play. Um, Jose Mourinho and uh, Jose Mourinho, Antonio Conte and the board uh, clashed over signings and we ended up not getting um, the necessary signings to strengthen our squad and to improve our squad. Josh, am I am I doing good? Am I I'm, I'm explaining it correctly? I'm setting yep. the stage up. Okay. Yep. So after the window closes, Antonio Conte comes out um, into the media and starts making little comments about not getting the signings that he wanted, and it started information started coming out to the public through the media that Antonio Conte was unhappy and was potentially during the summer looking to move on and to leave uh, Chelsea. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Josh, and you can you can correct me if I'm wrong here, it was right around January where we really started getting hit with uh, Antonio Conte was not going to be here in the summer. And at that time, we were already second in the league, correct? Yeah, right around right. it was right around January, December, January, right around there. Um, so we had a pretty good idea, or we had our very good suspicions that this time, that come this time, uh, after the season, that we would have a new manager. Um, long story short, we f- we uh, failed to make top four, and we win the FA Cup, and it's pretty much according to the players. Eden Hazard spoke out, said he wanted to see where, before he signs his new contract, he wants to see where the team will be. Thibaut said the same thing. We had the whole women uh, covering Antonio Conte and the FA Cup picture. Um, we had that issue. What did you? How did you feel about that? About the FA Cup? Thing, yeah, well, or yeah, with or William, our season. Well, with William covering up uh, Antonio Conte's uh, face with the trophies. Oh, um, no, William spoke his mind. Um, we've seen Fabregas speak his mind. We've seen a lot of the players speak his, speak their minds. Um, these players, if, say we had gone out and we had signed a defensive manager again, Hazard, Hazard would be gone. Absolutely. I'm 100% um, agreeing with, uh, uh, feeling, I have the same feelings about that. Hazard would be gone. Eh, like, had we done nothing so far, Hazard would be thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm going to Real, screw you guys. Um, and we'd be in a shambles. But when you look at it, people are saying, oh, you got your first deal completed then. Yeah, that's the manager. That's the hardest part. Shit's going to pick up now. Yeah, absolutely. And we're really, um, people are saying there's a transition period. The transition period to sorry ball is really for us. I'm not thinking it's going to be that hard because if we get our main targets, which I beg Chelsea, just please get our like. Let's not rest on our laurels here. Let's go out. Let's say you know what? Fuck off, United. You don't want Martial. We're going to take him. Hey, Bayer Leverkusen, you're kind of a small club. Give us Leon Bailey. He's a Chelsea fan anyway. I like. I want these players. I want Golovin. And you know what? If Tebow's going to leave, we're going to have to suck it. And then we're going to get Allison. Those five players, yeah. I see, I'm see. i seeing us linked with Iguain. I don't want that. I don't want Rugani. that. I know Iguain 
banged goals under Sarri, but the guy is 30 already. Like, I know we can buy players like that, but why wouldn't you buy Martial, Bailey, Gullivan, and Allison? Those are the four players, if we're going to make this window the best window we've ever had, then those are the four players to do it with. And people are saying, oh, look at the stats. Martial didn't do anything. That's because he's playing under Jose Mourinho. Absolutely. And he's not playing in his ideal striker position. When Martial plays as an ideal striker, he is going to light up the Premier League. Anthony Martial and Eden Hazard combined is not legal. Because the fact of the matter is, <laughs> after, after Kylian Mbappe, in that kind of role, Anthony Martial is probably, if, if you're saying French, and if you're saying around the age group, Anthony Martial is second best to Mar- Mbappe. Yeah. Well, um, so, after the season, we knew that we were going to get rid of Antonio Conte, but it was just not a matter of if and it was when. So finally, on Friday, uh, what we're at, we're on the 15th day, the, first, the 13th, well, no, it was Saturday, Saturday. It was uh, a, Friday, official. Friday, Conte was sacked, and then we got sorry uh, on, yesterday, uh, yeah. yep. Yep, on Saturday. So Saturday morning, the news came out, it was 100% official, what the confirmation where everybody um, knew what was going to happen, finally happened, where... Antonio Conte was sacked on Friday. Mauricio Sarri was introduced along with Jorginho, his midfielder, one of his key guys from Napoli, was finally signed and introduced for Chelsea. And uh, three things happened that day. We signed Sarri, we signed Jorginho, and then now the fifth player to uh, turn down the grand offer to play to under Pep Guardiola, uh, you know, came out. So... If you're keeping score at home, that's Danny Alves, that's Fred, that's Alexi Sanchez, that's Virgil van Dijk, and that's Jorginho. Five players for uh, the quote-unquote world's greatest uh, manager. So, yep. So. Um, I don't think Pep is the world's greatest manager. I think in terms of style, he's probably the most attractive. But in terms of world's greatest manager, um, we're probably we're gonna have to go with Jurgen Klopp or Zidane for me. You know what? You look, you look at um, Jurgen Klopp did to Liverpool. He made Jordan Henderson look half decent. <laughs> he did look. He did look halfway decent. He did. And you see, Zidane is one three Champions Leagues in a row. And it's and Zidane has done it playing good football as well. None of this bullshit Mourinho park the bus. Yeah. Or none of this Conte suffer ball. Thank the Lord my I eyes know. were starting I, I I need to get glasses or something. <laughs> well I think um I definitely like with Jurgen Klopp, I think he definitely deserves all the uh, all the praise um in the world because just think about it he loses the num i mean his number one guy i mean let's coutinho is coutinho the what at that time was he liverpool's number one guy come i'd say come january salah had taken over yeah i'd say salah taken over well i mean 
Let, okay, so he was but number I'd one. Say, I'd say I'd say Coutinho is number two though. Number two. So it's like, but at the time in the summer where Coutinho was supposed to leave, and he ended up leaving in January. At the time in the summer where he was supposed to leave, he was his number one guy. Yeah, exactly. And then so to lose your number two guy, your number one B guy, your number one guy. I mean, you guys figure it out where you wanted to rank uh, Coutinho at that point. For him to be gone in January. And for Liverpool, I mean, I can't. Did they miss a beat? Did they even stumble? They 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 just kept on rolling. So I don't even think they kept on rolling. I think they upped the level. They they I mean, shit, they got better. So for yeah. that to happen, I mean, I I, I it, some people might say the managers don't really matter that much, but I mean, I think at, at the very minimum, you have somebody that came up with a plan and organized a team uh, that from the outside looking in, you, you all signs were there for them to fall on their faces or at least stumble a little bit. And I mean, they got better. So he definitely, he definitely, he may not be the world's greatest manager, but he needs to be considered up there for the job that he did this last, this last year with Liverpool to getting them, Keeping them in top four and also getting them into the final against Real Madrid. And you know what? If the if their keeper doesn't make those dumbass mistakes, who knows what happens because they were into they were in that game when you know yeah. when, when it was level. So the thing is as well is that they were in that game and at they had only had Salah for 25 minutes of that game, and then Sergio Ramos turned into Sergio Ramos. <laughs> but Sergio you know, Ramos the, broke his broke Salah's it, arm and then uh, yeah. elbowed elbowed the the keeper. How do you say his last name? Is it Kraus? Klaus? I, I don't oh, know. Oh, Karius. Karius. There you go. Yeah. Um. There's my a pronunciation know. for you. Public school oh. coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Karius. Yeah. No. No. Karius. No. Uh, everyone, like before that game as well, he was, he made such a moron of himself. Like before that game, it was like, I think he posted something on like Twitter or Instagram, like six days before the game. He's like ready for the game or something with like muscle emojis. Um, no, he, um, uh, what was I going to say? He is like, before that, people were, like, starting to rate him. They're like, oh, yeah, Karius is not his former self anymore. Like, Karius of, like, 16, 17 was just terrible. Like, like a, a level of goalkeepers, if 10 is the best and 1 is the worst, Karius is around a 3. <laughs> and, like, Karius, like, hasn't improved from that. He just hasn't been facing as many shots because Liverpool have figured out the high press. Yeah. Um, and they got Virgil Van Dyke that definitely helped yeah. their defense. Yeah, and people saying Lovren is good. Oh. Lovren is bang average. Um, Liverpool still need a center back, and yeah. I've I, I've seen no like no connection. If, if a Liverpool fan is listening to this, don't get triggered with me because I obviously don't follow your shit club. But um. Oh, I have not seen any links to a goalkeeper or 
a central defender. I've seen links. Oh, Fakir might come back, and eh, he failed his medical, whatever. Um, like Fakir was a done deal, and I think the report is, if I'm correct, they didn't take him because of his knee. Yeah. Yeah. But he looked um, fine to me in the, in in the World Cup, so. He looked fine to me in the World Cup, and then he looked fine to me throughout the entire season. He had an amazing season. Yeah. But a- anyway. Anyway, so anyway, this yeah. isn't a Liverpool podcast. Yeah, exactly. But um, but yeah, like I I don't. Well, as of Saturday, we got sorry, we have Jorginho, and I mean I I don't know. I mean you have to be seeing the same thing I'm seeing. It seems like optimism is back again. It's back on the menu at Chelsea FC. It seems like we are definitely turning the corner. We're heading in the right direction. It seems like the appointment of Sari is exactly what somebody like Eden Hazard is looking for. Now, yep. I would, I, I'm sure he's thinking the same thing. He's been at the club for six years, and he's had how many managers? Six, six managers? Six? Oh, let's see. Oh, we have Villas-Boas in his first season. Then we have Rafa Benitez. And uh-huh. then we, okay, so we got two there. Um... Then Jose mm-hmm. took over. Jose took over. So that's three. Then he got sacked, and then we had Hitting as an interim manager, and then we had Conte. So that's and five. Five. And then now yeah. he's a, he's got sorry. So he's he's definitely had. He definitely has had. No wait, he didn't play under Village Boas. Because Village Boas was sacked during the Champions League run. So that's right. It it was Di Matteo. Di Matteo. Di Matteo got sacked. Yeah, yeah Di Matteo right. got sacked early, yeah. early in uh at the very beginning of the season. So he's had five different managers. So I'm I'm sure he's saying, he's thinking to himself, you know, the classic Kanye West line: "There's a thousand yous, but only one of me." And with with the appointment of sorry, but however, this is real, really his. First manager at Chelsea, because I don't know who he had at Lille, but his first manager at Chelsea where there's definitely a proven track record that he's an attack-minded manager. I read read in a quote by Sarri that said that if I saw my team playing counter-attack defensive football for 30 minutes, I would get up and quit and go back to my job at the bank. So if that doesn't tell you that this man is an attack first ball uh, a manager, then I don't know what is. And then add that to somebody like Jorginho, which you know, let's take let's take away um, all of his attributes and accolades that he got with Napoli's like the most passes completed in. What was it? The most passes completed in Serie A, like no, in Europe. In Europe, there you he, go. Like put, like to put it in perspective, he had more passes than people like Tony Cruz and Modric. Yeah, for so, all of you La Liga lovers. So there you go. So like, so take take away all those. I'm, let's not look at that. What you have is a key man that played under Sari, that knows exactly what to do under Sari and how to how he wants uh, the vision executed coming to our team that alone even if even if Jorginho wasn't penciled in as our starter having somebody like that 
um, is huge on our team. And then you add to the fact that, uh, according to the players, according to Tebow especially, um, we've they've known that Sorry was coming, and so they've had this entire World Cup tournament every day, day in and day out, talking to Dries Merton, who had an explosion of goals under Sorry. Um, I think that if Eden Hazard, um, and and I for one am terrified that he's leaving. Um, to you know, to the uh, to the idea that he leaves, but if there was ever a time that Chelsea has sat down and said, Eden Hazard, we are making you a priority, it's now, and you have so many things in our favor, um, to convincing Hazard to sign a new contract, I think it's now. I I think absolutely it's now, and you know he's got two years left on his deal. He's got this year. And then next year would be his last year. So he would be 20, what, 28? He would be 28 going into next year, right? Yep. He turns 28 in January. He would be 28 in January. So he has two years left on his deal. Let's say it takes a year worth of negotiations. That's one year playing under Sari. If he doesn't like Sari then and what we're trying to do for him, uh, trying to to do to bring attacking football then quite honestly like i would hate to see him go but i mean dude what more do you want this is the best we yeah. can do like we've hired the number one attacking coach on earth so like after that like dude i don't know what more do you want like you know but uh but how do you like what do you think about sorry how do you feel about uh, about um the prospect of this new sorry ball that's coming to stanford bridge Oh, um, wow, like, it's going to be not only revolutionary, but it's going to be amazing. We, this is the step to the level of us getting back to that level saying, going away to the big clubs, you know, going up to White Hart Lane saying, you know what, fuck you Spurs, and beating them 6-0, and we're getting to that level and this is the positive step towards this level like we are not only going to be it, we're not going to have squeaky two ones if we win two one it's because we deserve we no doubt deserve to win two one and the shots are just not hitting the net yeah yeah keep, and keep going josh keep going keep going and if we we will not have a game where we can say, oh, Jesus Christ, that performance. We can lose games, but if we lose games, it's not going to be Man City away. It's going to be, we lost this game, but we lost this game, and we put in 110%. We did not play like a bunch of fucking pussies. We went, we went for this game. We played fantastic football. And you know what? At the end of the day, maybe we just lost to the better team. And at that point, you have to hold your hands up and say, you know what? Yeah, we we lost to the better team today. Fair play. But at Chelsea Football Club, it is nowhere near acceptable to have a performance like Manchester City away last year. The amount of times that we conceded late goals because of Conte's shit tactics. It's not not acceptable. And... 
this this appointment of sorry is saying to all the Arsenal fans who are like, ooh, we got Emery, we're actually going to win now. You Get know? Here. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're like, oh, look at his trophy cabinet. The typical, like, I know fuck all about football answer. Um, like, look at his trophy cabinet. Think, okay, if you want to look at his trophy cabinet, there's nothing there because before Napoli, he had him pulley. And I, I botched the um, pronunciation of that. If you're Italian, don't kill me. Yeah. Um, I think it's uh, pronounced empoli, like uh, empathy. That's how I put it together in my, all right, all right. In my mind. Yeah. Empoli. No, that, that, sounds, that sounds like it's right. Yeah. Um, so I'll take your word for it. But anyway, you can't win shit with Empoli, right? And then he takes them from Serie B and he gets them promoted. So he's done his job. He's got them up to the first division. Moves on to Napoli. He takes a team that's always been hovering around there, and he's taken them to respectable elite level in Europe. Pep Guardiola is openly praising and saying, we really struggled to beat this Napoli team tonight. Like, this is Napoli and this is City. City won the league with record amount of points, and they're struggling to beat this Napoli team, who only have a few handful of very good players. The rest of them have all been developed and brought up to be very good under him. And if it weren't for Juventus having an exceptional season and just being having better players, Napoli would have won the league last year. Napoli finished the league last year with 91 points. 91 points. 91 and points. It, and 91 points in any other season besides last season wins you the league. Yeah. It's like it's it's the numbers it, the numbers that were put up by Juventus were just too much for Napoli, but like. People are saying, oh, well, then what impressive results has he had? It's he not did. about that. It's not about who, – like, who's Roberto Di Matteo? Who is he? He was yeah. just some second second coach on Chelsea, you know, a former player as the yeah. second coach on Chelsea. Now look up his Wikipedia, and you tell me what's there. So, it, you know, trophies – Trophies is one thing, and and yes, it's important. And I mean, like I said, I'm a Miami Dolphin fan. Um, you know, perfect example is Dan Marino. Dan Marino has never won a Super Bowl. However, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. Like, without winning a Super Bowl, you know, uh, if you want to keep going with trophies, I got a little stat for you. How the hell? Does N'Golo Kante finish in the 2017 season as a midfielder voted number eight in Ballon d'Or, and he only has two goals scored in the season? Is he a defender or is he a midfielder? You know why? Because, you know, sometimes the stat is not the stat that's important. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no, it makes sense. You know, just because you don't win a trophy, which, you know... Yeah, it's important, but you have to look at the context of everything. You know, Josh, you tell me, how many points did Chelsea score uh, overall when we won the title in 16-17? 93. 93. So there you go. So if we would have drawn two games or lost one game uh, and, and Napoli was playing in the Premier League, they would have had the same the same points, you know, or no, if not more points, right? Am I doing that right? I'm math was not my best subject, but you guys understand the freaking point I'm trying to make is that, yeah. Yeah. is that Napoli had an amazing season and 
it just so happens that Juventus had an even better season. And it wasn't like Napoli wasn't there at the end. It, it went to shit at the very end. No, it, it was just tight all the way to the end. And, you know, the ball is round for a reason. It bounces every which way. Shit happens. But, you know, we have Sorry coming up. This is a time to be excited if you're a Chelsea fan. Like, if you're a Chelsea supporter, and I can't imagine that anybody listening to this podcast isn't a Chelsea supporter, but if you're a Chelsea supporter, you have to be excited that we have exciting football, the prospect of exciting football coming in. And I'm sure you'll agree with this. You know, just like Antonio Conte, I'm happy that, and I'm thankful and grateful of the trophies and the time that he spent at Chelsea. But like Antonio Conte, like Jose Mourinho, like Gus Hiddink, like you know Rafa Benitez and all the other managers that came before, uh, and before Sorry, um, I love the club more than I love you, the manager. So if halfway through this season he's a terrible fit for our team, and or next season, uh, he's a terrible fit for our team, and he needs to be sacked, then he needs to be sacked. And that's all there is to it, because the club, it always takes precedence over anything else, you know? And that's the same with players. But right now, I'm excited uh, at our prospects. I'm excited that we got Jorginho, one of the best midfielders um, in Europe, one of the best midfielders in the world right now. And I'm also excited uh, when it comes to Jorginho that we got stronger by signing him, but also City got weaker by assigning him and then we're gonna pair Jorginho up with N'Golo Conte like it's gonna be it's gonna be nasty it's gonna be bad it's going to be bad if that's a midfield two it's already the best midfield two in the league City fans will say Fernandinho and De Bruyne no no I'm not I'm not having it it's it's Conte Conte's miles better than Jorginho I mean Jesus Christ Conte's miles better than the Fernandinho uh, Fernandinho, and then Jorginho, we'll see how he does in the Premier League, but um, it's it's Sarri's guy, you know? He's gonna, he's gonna bang instantly. It's like, yeah. this team is not a team that's gonna need an adjustment, period. It's gonna be a team that maybe it'll have a hiccup first two games, but, you know, training will fix that. Um, and this team, if we get the players, if we get Leon Bailey, if we get Martial, if we get Golovin, and if we get Allison, those are the four key players. And we Chelsea, keep Hazard. And we keep Hazard. Yep. And we keep N'Golo Kante. Yes. If we get those four players, we are serious, serious, seriously contending sorry, for the Premier League the FA Cup, the Europa League, which I already think at our current state we will win. Yeah. And then the League Cup, if you're going to say you compete for the League Cup, if we're going to give it the competition that big of a uh, stopping, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, so yeah, no, it's, it's, it's an exciting time to be a Chelsea supporter. It's an exciting time um, just for us right now. The prospects are high. And if we manage, like for me, for this to be a successful uh, summer window, we can just manage to get a right winger, a Leon Bailey, um, and keep Eden Hazard and to keep Thibaut, 
because now his story is changing a little bit. Going into the World Cup, he was started. He his story was that he needs to move because of his children. I don't know, maybe if it's changing because he's further explaining himself, or is in fact that this is just this his children was just a uh, a tool to get a bigger contract. But whatever the case may be, I I'm on the record as saying that I preferred him to stay. But if we were to lose him. And we replace him with Allison. I'm fine by the, by that as well. But if we keep Eden Hazard, our best asset, I think that right there, for me, would be a successful uh, summer window. Um. So finally, Josh, I know you touched on this before. Um. What's the official official Josh uh prediction for the season and? You know, come this time next summer. Uh, oh, before I ask you this, I do think, and tell me if you agree, I do think that us not playing in the Champions League is actually a blessing and not a curse. What do you think? No, us playing in Europa League is fantastic. It gives yeah. us gives us time. It gives us a lot more games. And with the youth talent that we have, we can basically play a second squad for these, at least exactly. the group stage. At least the group stage, these guys get experience in Europe. May, people like Mason Mount and Loftus Cheek, yep. Hudson Adoy, Hudson Adoy as well, will wipe the floor with any opposition they're going to be facing. Yep, yep. And you know, I um, am a firm believer that it, when Sari plays a midfield three, Sari likes. I think it's penciled in the fact that Conte. And Jorginho are a pairing. Jorginho is the passer, and Conte is going to win you the ball back and complete the short pass and get the attack going again. I think, and then you have the more attacking, more attacking-minded midfielder with very little defensive responsibility. And I'm serious when I say that I think with, um, I really like to see Golovin. I. I believe that Gullivan is, will be a very good signing for us. I think he's a very, very good player. Um, I've gone back and I've done the research and I've watched the match. I watched a few matches of him. He's kind of like Hazard in a, in a way because the way he affects the game might not be as noticeable to us. But when you um, zone in on what he's actually individually doing, he's affecting the game so much. He play, like The way... He gave um, CSK Moscow a fighting chance against yep. Arsenal last year. Yep, and, and he had a great fact, World Cup too. I, I think he yeah, had, he was a he bright had a spot. World Cup. He had a yep. he had a, he was a very bright uh, World Cup, very promising. He definitely stood out for Russia. His heart, his passion that he showed. Um, I mean, notwithstanding the the suspicions in the cloud with the Russian team and you know their history with doping take yeah. that all out of out of it I think um Gullivan had a great World Cup so Josh give it to me man where um, do we finish this time when you and I talk at the end of the season are we or are we not walking down Fulham Road celebrating um a, 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 a league championship. Talk to me. It really, really 
depends on who we sign now from August 9th. In terms of Iguain, I don't think... Don't, I don't give me that. I don't think don't even say his name, Josh. Don't yeah. even say his name. Please don't even say his name. I, I really don't think he'll come to Chelsea. I think the reports are stating yes because he's a sorry target. But if you look at Chelsea, since when do Chelsea make way for a 30-year-old? At that Let alone, price point. At that price At that point. price as well. And he's declining. I can see us signing Rugani. And I can see us letting Zuma go. And that, for me, if that's going to happen, but we sign everyone else, that's the only um, thing where you frown your face on in this transfer window. Because for me, starting center backs next year should be between Christensen, Zuma, and Rudiger. Yep. I think Rogani is a Cahill replacement, if you ask me. Yeah. I think if Cahill leaves and you sign Rugani for depth, sure. But I'm looking at the starting back two next year. I'm thinking Rudiger and Zuma because I I'd like Christensen to play some games. Maybe he fits the tactical setup better for some games. But Rudiger and Zuma, it's the fastest pairing in the world. Hell by yeah! A lot. The Hell most yeah. A- the most athletic pairing in the world. You're not going to win a header against them. Nope. Positionally. They are both very, very, very good in a back two. Sorry's only going to make them better. Yep. Yep. Um, Kurt Zuma, every time you go 1v1 against him, there's no point because he's going to win the ball. Yep. Antonio Rudiger, if you even if you knock the ball by him. You're not passing it, him. Antonio Rudiger, I think, could catch Mbappe if you put the ball if he put the ball by him. Look. And look and I Mohamed yeah. Salah is Fast, is he not? Yeah. Wait, hold on. Oh, hold on. he's, he's I, I, lightning fast. I got, I got, here, I got my computer up. Just, just so we can be factual here at the All-American Chelsea podcast. Mohamed, Mohamed Salah, FIFA 18 pace. And I know that's not the official uh, rankings or whatever, but that's the numbers that I'm using. All right, so let's see. Pace. He's his pace is 93, okay? And if I I don't know if maybe my eyes were wrong, but I definitely saw Antonio Rudiger burning and running faster than Mohamed Salah when we played against yep. Liverpool. So if FIFA says he's a 93, then I don't know what. Then Rudiger Rudiger Rudiger's a 95. Is a 95 because he was definitely running faster. And uh, he had Salah in his pocket. So, you know, that's yeah. all I got to say about that. Um, and you move on to right back. I know a lot of people don't rate Moses. And it's going to be between Moses and Aspilicueta and who, which one plays better in preseason or which one plays better in training leading up to the game. But either are going to give you their best performance every single time. Moses, Victor Moses... The improvement he's had in defending has been outstanding. Victor Moses is an incredibly hard player to beat 1v1 when he's defending. He's a very, very good defender. And when given space, can deliver a very good ball in. And he was not given space at all last year. Whereas you saw Trippier for Spurs be given so much space 
and that's why he looked so good. Moses had no space, which is why he didn't look as good, because most players uh, as right backs are not good when they aren't given space, and Moses is just one of them. And it's very rare it, that we have a right back that mm -hmm. does that. And I'd like to maybe see Jujon Sterling put him to the mix for the Europa League as well, mm -hmm. and for the, mm -hmm. the, league, mm -hmm. the League Cup. I'm unfortunately a bit disappointed with the club that we let Reese James go on loan, but I'd like I'd like to see how he does at his loan club. I think he went to Wigan or something. Yes, yes he did. Um, yeah, all right, he went to Wigan, so it's championship. I think because I think they got promoted. Um, anyway, I'd like to I'd like to see how he do, does there, but I've been adamant for a solid year now that Reese James is the best crosser of the ball we have at this club. I was and, watching his YouTube videos, and the dude, yeah. the dude does put in a beautiful cross. He does put in a beautiful cross. I just, when it comes to crossing, that's the one, that's the one skill that, at least for me, I'm not sure that I know exactly what I'm looking at. Because, like, it's one thing to say before before you cross the ball, if we could stop the player at a time and say, hey, look, uh, I'm going to put the ball on that guy's forehead, uh, you know, right yeah. now. But it's another thing to actually see it. And I, I'm, I'm just not too sh – like, that's the one thing that I'm like, did he mean to do that or he didn't? And if he – like, ultimately, if it works out, it doesn't matter. But that's the one skill that I always find myself, like, doubting, like, what's mm -hmm. going on here? Like, exactly what's yeah. going on here? Um, well, for me, with crossing, um, there are various techniques that can be used. You can have a flat-driven ball in. You can have a whipped ball in, which is my personal favorite. You can have an Oh, shit, winger. Josh, you play? Yeah. Oh, damn. Well, Josh, I mean, that was... explain yourself, man. What position do you like to play? Uh, I play the Jorginho role. Look at you, Jorginho, Joshinho over here. Nah, <laughs> don't don't compare me. Like, um, no, no, it's I really really enjoy it. Um, like I used to be a striker when I was like ten, cause I used yeah. to be faster than everyone else. So it'd be I I got like forty two goals in twenty three games or something. Damn. So yeah, yeah, I was I was a really really good striker, but like. I'm kind of as like probably average pace now, uh -huh. but but my passing my passing has gotten a lot better. And like, um, let's see, like for my school, I have the record amount of assists I think ever or something. Look at you, Josh! Holy shit! I didn't know I was talking to a baller. I no 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 <laughs> no. I I'm like probably if you had to, I'm like bang average six out of ten. That's like well that. How about this? How about this? You and I are planning to meet each other up in London. Yeah. One of the things that I have to do when I'm over there, and I told mm -hmm. Jeannie this, is that I have to somehow, some way, make it to a field. I'm bringing my gear with me and playing a six on six. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Five aside I, type of deal over there. Yeah. So I know I know a few places. So when we, when when we go over there. We definitely have to go on, and and we'll see because I I I'm actually playing tomorrow. I usually play two times a week. Uh, mm -hmm. I like to consider myself 
Um, I like to. I have to play in the in, in the back in the defense because I don't like playing striker. I don't like playing with my back to the goal. I like to keep everything in front of me. But I usually play on the left in the left back position or in the mm. Golo Conte position in the middle of the field where I just win the ball right. back and start start the offense. Um, but but we have to get a game over there. So. No, definitely, definitely. Yep. Well, anyway. Josh. Um, well, dude, oh, on, you had, I, you had more to say? Go for it, go for it. Yeah, yeah, I just need to answer the final question. So if we sign all those players and Sorry Ball gets up and running, Chelsea, um, let's see. Come on, Chelsea, come we, strong, Josh, up, come strong. If, if we get up and running, who, what, who do we play in the last game of the season? Hold on, I, I want to make this eventful. Um, okay, let me just check something really, really okay. quick. Um... Okay, all right. Uh, let's see. So, it's it's I I have a gut feeling it's going to be a title race this year. No one's going to run away with it. Um, I feel the only team the there are two teams that are actually no I feel there are three teams that are going to be competing like heavily for it, and those three teams are us. Liverpool and City. I think pragmatic Mourinho is not gonna win the league because I think he might big, get sacked. I think he I think he will because in the big games sad, yeah. I think he he'll be able to do it against the small teams, but I don't think he'll be able to do it against the big teams because the pragmatic approach does not work against big teams anymore. Um if when we have attacking employing football with the possible front three of Bailey, Hazard, and Martial, like I've been mentioning to you many times, my my feelings about this, no defense in the world stops that. Um, and it's like it's impossible with the amount of movement to actually counter and stop it, unless you're actually physically going to be playing with eleven players inside your box. So I see. Let's see. All right, let's run down the top four. Yeah, go for it. I see. On the last day of the season, I see drama happening. Okay. City, City are going to be two points ahead of us. Oh, shit. And they're going to lose their game. Okay. And, and we're going to beat Leicester away. and we're gonna Leicester win the, away? Yep. We're going to beat Leicester, and we're going to win the league. Now, let's see who City are going to lose to in the last game of the season to bottle it. Um, okay. Uh, I, and that's what I think will happen. So uh-huh. I think Chelsea, it's going to be similar to t- kind of Syria, uh-huh. where uh, it's going to c- become really, really close, like four points difference or something. Like the top, the top three, I think will go Chelsea first if we get if we get the players. Okay. I think I think I need to do a separate prediction on um, midnight UK time, August 9th. and then I will make a separate prediction. But as Hypothetically, okay. Um, oh crap! It's not giving me the end of it. Anyway, City lose their last game. Liverpool at this point are probably like five, four points behind, so they can't do anything. So it's between City and Chelsea on the last day. City lose their last game, and Chelsea win the league with uh, by a point against City on the final day. Okay, and who is scoring the winning goal of the season? Who's scoring that? On the, the last, winning. the last we're playing at Leicester. 
who's scoring that goal that's going to send us to the send us you know secure the victory and 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 ensure that Chelsea Football Club is champions of the Premier League 7 2018-2019 who's scoring I that? I say that game uh-huh. with the with the hypotheticals of we get uh-huh. all our players you know I say with that game um Ooh, uh, I think we win that game 3-1, uh-huh. but going into the 80th minute, it's tied 1-1. So I, so I think, uh, I'm just giving a tasty prediction. Like this, There's no way this happens. Josh, you're making me crazy right now. Uh, I, 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 see it, I see it happening. I see it. I'm, I'm nervous. So, I'm sweating already. So anyway, uh, let's see. The ball, Eden Hazard plays in a tasty ball to Martial at the back post, who um, heads in a free header. He celebrates with the away fans, and they go mental. Leicester try to counter, and then in the 93rd minute, a through ball is played to Eden Hazard. Rounds the keeper, scores, away, and just goes fucking ballistic. Holy shit. I'm fucking pumped. And he does the uh, Drogba guitar celebration in the corner. Holding the flag. On Holding the flag and doing the guitar celebration. Doing the guitar. Oh, shit, Josh. Yes. And City, City lose whoever they lose to. Um, City lose, lose 2-1. And the, the second goal for the winning team is scored in the 75th minute. Damn. So everything for uh, the lead win happens for us in like a span of roughly 20 minutes. Oh my god, that sounds so exciting. So, god damn. Well, Josh, it's been awesome. Um, my little brother, yeah, you've killed it's it. Been really, really fun. This this was a great conversation. Um, if the listeners want to reach out to you, one, how do they get a hold of you on Twitter? Twitter, okay. So my username, if you want to DM me or something. DM is probably the best way um, to contact me. I think it's the best uh, way on Twitter. Uh, it's all lowercase JV9 and then underscore legend. And I don't know why I don't know why I picked that. Like twelve year old me picked that or something. But, nice. It fits. It but, fits. I think uh, you should change it. Yeah. I think you should change it to Angolo Josh Eno. Okay. Nah. <laughs> I'll probably, I'll probably, if my scenario happens, um, I'll probably change it to, um, uh, uh, like a fake city badge that says no fans shit club. (laughs) And I'll probably have, I'll probably have my username as the date. And then I'll have like a dash saying city bottled it. Oh my God. Well, if your prediction comes right, which I know it will. Then we're going to take the MP3 of this and we're going to blast it everywhere. And uh, that's I it. Want Sky, if Sky Sports or if NBC, NBCSN for us, because we have the American coverage, if any one of these people get a hold of this podcast or they like will. this, this they clip, will. like if I'm calling this correctly, like, dear Lord. Like, I remember, I remember 16, 17, we had to, like, it was eighth grade, so at the end of the year, they had us write, like, a kind of letter to us, like, where we want to be at the end of the year. So I wrote a letter saying, like, yada, 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 where I want to be. Then on the back, they, like, had you write a drawing. So I drew our logo, and then 2016, 17 Premier League champions, and I was right. So, He has a history of doing this, people. Do you not hear him? 
if this if this prediction is right, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna get my dad to put money on it because I can't put money on it because I'm not legal yet. But if like I'll I don't know, just put like a dollar on it and see what happens. But if if this happens, like it's going to happen. Yeah. Like I don't I don't give a shit about the money aspect of it. If like if if I'm in a situation where this possible scenario can happen on the final day. I'm getting myself two tickets, and my dad and I are going to Leicester. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, I need I need to be in that away end to experience that, because that's just going to be too crazy. That's going to be crazy. Well, people, this podcast has been epic with the homie Josh. Josh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You are welcome anytime, my man. Whoa, thank, whoa, you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there you have it. That was... The homie, Josh Banks, my little brother, our friend, and I truly enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it. So I look forward to talking to you again soon uh, where you see the podcast on iTunes, on Google Play, on Spotify, uh, on the back of a milk carton, wherever you see this podcast. That's the point that I'm trying to make. Wherever you see the podcast, please, if you enjoyed it, like it. If you didn't enjoy it, don't like it. Hate it. If you liked it, share it. That's a good idea. Share the podcast. Let somebody know, hey, I truly enjoyed this piece of audio and I think you would enjoy it too and share it with them and if you didn't like the podcast and you're hoping to never hear the podcast again I understand I truly understand don't listen to it again but just know that you can kiss my ass because I will continue to put out podcasts if you want to get a hold of me um, right now I'm super active on Twitter but I have social media accounts on Snapchat, I really don't use Snapchat. Instagram, I'm on Instagram, but for some reason, I've picked up a lot on Twitter. I, I'm really enjoying Twitter. I, I In the past, I, I never gave Twitter that much attention, but man, I'm loving Twitter a lot more than Instagram, a lot more than I thought that I would. And on Twitter, I am AllAmericanCFC. Uh, you can see me, I mean, on YouTube, I have AllAmericanChelsea. Um, but I really don't post anything on YouTube, but I think I'm going to start posting these podcasts on YouTube. I haven't decided yet. Um, just like the audio version. And then maybe in some future, I'll start doing the video portion of it as well, but stick around. Um, the next podcast, I have a bunch of interviews coming up. I have a huge interview coming um, to you guys next week. Uh, just working out the little details, but that one's going to be great you're gonna enjoy it you're gonna love it the then i got some other interviews lined up after that so you know hang tight this is uh, exciting times people real exciting times at stanford bridge um at for chelsea i think we're on the verge of something special here uh i, re I really do believe that so this has been the all-american chelsea podcast enjoy the rest of your day 
um have a great day and i love you so big kiss if a flower on their neck hit clancy on the text i ain't trying to check a bag can we get another jet i ain't gassing niggas up but that fuel is 50 grand passion fruit and dr and me dripping in the sand new nigga from new york i'ma give him sticky hands sticky fingers from the green jazz playing with the grams they was playing at the grams one nom ain't enough i'ma make sure that that shit ain't happening again yeah Golf boys, it's the golf boys, and that 12 seater wings looking like a hawk ball. Getting to the paper, better re up on your chalkboard. Cause a student turned into a teacher, don't talk for class and session. One through five, I'm a seven, I'm a god, nigga, ask your reverend. And that crib in Bel Air was heaven. Hot cocoa out of China's nigga passed the beverage, yeah. Home day on that home break, haters with the long face. New whip is really tied like a long day. Big dollars, the scent Prada. Skinny nigga, also big popper. Women, they adore me. If you see me out in public, no picture, don't record me. I don't really fuck with y'all. Nigga, selfish at the orgy. Uh. Bitch. One take. <laughs> yeah.